and that is the foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. This is what the Lord laid upon my heart and I would love to share this this morning. Another thing pastor said this morning was, was resounding in my heart. A woman who had a bad incident 35 years ago said it, it affected her even today. But I want to tell you about an incident that took place 2,000 years ago and it still affects the lives of people today. It changes your heart. 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on that cross, it's still fresh, it's still alive. That should be your living testimony every day of your life. Blessed be his name. Let's pray before we go to the word of God. Thank you, Father. Father, I bless you and praise you and honor you. I thank you, Father, that your word is spirit and life. And Lord, all those who hear your word, Father, will be like that soil, Father, as you said. Oh God, some fell on good soil. I pray this morning it will fall on good soil. I pray, Lord, that the hearts will be prepared to hear your word, Father. And true, Lord, to your word, you said, Lord, wherever you send your word, Lord, it shall prosper. Even though heaven and earth will pass away, your word will not pass away, but it will prosper whereunto you send it. And let it be so this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present here, Lord, that you bring life to the hearers, Lord. Oh God, transformation to the heart as they hear about Jesus. For all that you do, Lord, you glorify him and let his name be magnified. In Jesus' name, amen. There are three portions of scripture or passages of scripture I'd like to share with you this morning. And those three passages are going to be the background. Those three passages are going to keep resounding in your mind and in your heart because that is what the word of God is going to do this morning. Whatever you hear, if these three passages do not hold water to you, I pray that the Lord will do it today, that you might have this wonderful life-transforming experience. Whether you're sitting in this church this morning or whether you're sitting anywhere else, this is the truth of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is alive. He sits on the throne. He reigns forever, but he is ever-present with us. That is the truth. The, the author of this book is present here. And so, the real topic of this message is, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And we sang, who is this Jesus you talk about every day? Matthew chapter 16, reading from verses 13 to 18. I'll read this portion of scripture and then the two other portions of scripture and let your ears be attentive. Matthew 16 from 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not 
prevail against it. The most profound statement that you would ever hear from the Lord Jesus Christ. And John 17 verse 3. John chapter 17 and verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And the next portion of scripture, or the next verse, is found in the second epistle of John, and it's verse 9. Second epistle of John, verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. These three passages of, of Scripture would lay the foundation for the Word of God this morning. And I believe. This is the foundation on which the church is built because we are going to see what Jesus says and expound that word and come to the very truth of the word of God. A very personal question that Jesus asks his disciples is a very personal question that will taunt many people today. If you go to the world and ask them, like Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? And men give their different answers. Some of them call him a prophet. Some of them just call him a great man. Some of them will call him an angel. Some of them call him by different things. But they do not really know who Jesus Christ is. But then the question comes to you this morning. It comes to every, every individual heart. Who do you say that I am? If you cannot answer that question, by receiving it from the Lord, then I believe it's a place where you go on your knees and you seek the Lord with all your heart. Because if you do not find him, great will be the day and the tragedy on the day of judgment. So this is the foundation on which Jesus Christ builds his church. Because when he asked that question to Peter and Peter answered him, Peter did not answer by the knowledge given to him by other people. It was not flesh and blood that revealed it to him. But the Father revealed that to Peter, and Peter received that foundation. That is the foundation of your Christian life. When you receive this revelation of Jesus Christ, otherwise you, all you do is you know about him, and you can read about him. The very word revelation means a divine or supernatural disclosure. Something that comes not from the earth, it comes from above. It comes from the Lord, the Lord who sees the heart of man. He is the one who reveals that to you. Until that revelation penetrates your heart, we will still be walking around like walking in darkness. And exactly what we heard this morning, you can go to many churches and they do not have their foundation built on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the biggest tragedy that we can see today, that many people claim him, but really they do not know him. If you look through the scriptures, Jesus is the one who builds the church. We do not build the church. Jesus is the one. 
we are the stones that are put together jesus is the chief cornerstone so if anyone thinks that he is here to build the church i'm sorry the word of god does not tell us that we build the church but let jesus christ build this church now this is the true church there are many people who claim that the church they follow that the church they go to that is the church they will tell you it is a mother church they will tell you that this is the original church and they will give you all kinds of names and labels to the church and claim to be a follower and say i am this and i am that but until you've come to the place where jesus has built his church you have not been found in jesus christ that is the truth my friend that is the truth that jesus was expounding there and sadly many people sit down in church sunday after sunday week after week and have still not come to that place they have not asked the lord and they have not sought the lord i hope that this morning wherever you are if you are in that state or in that condition that you are going to come to that place and let jesus christ be your builder let jesus christ be the foundation it is fundamental to all who, who claim to be christians is no other way why how can i say that because it's based upon the word of god there are people who are far flung in areas who have never had this bible they have never had the opportunity to know about jesus they only know a religion that they have been born and brought up with i will tell you that jesus reaches out to them yes they have not read the word of god but god has opened their eyes because their hearts have been seeking the lord have you been seeking the lord have you been seeking him with all your heart i can tell you in muslim nations people who worship a god who they do they do not know they think that he is god and with great devotion they go and worship him and when they find out this is not true they begin to search for the true and the living god and then jesus christ of nazareth reveals himself to them so you can not say that i uh, you have an excuse no one has an excuse no one is going to stand before the lord on that day with an excuse what is coessential to christianity is that we know the lord jesus christ by his word and through his spirit and that's what jesus is saying there is no other way you cannot know him because of your upbringing you cannot know him because of your parents and whatever practice that they had you can only know him through his word once you pick up this word and you ask the lord the spirit of god is going to work with you there are people who stand up and i'm sure you've met them who claim to be of a certain group and they say this is who i am and that is who i am and all that is going to fail because jesus stands up to say he says you got to know who i am and those words when they were spoken to the jews it really offended the jews because they really understood what jesus meant when he used those words i am so the scriptures from the from the book of psalms psalms 18 verse 31 and this is what the scripture says for who is god save the lord adonai i've used the word adonai over there the word lord means adonai so when you read that word adonai right through the scripture beginning from genesis right down to revelation when you hear the word adonai you will know that he is one lord and his name is one 
For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? The rock that Jesus is speaking about here when he speaks to Peter, he's not saying, Peter, you are the rock. That is a wrong misinterpretation. It's a wrong understanding. If you read carefully that scripture and that word, Jesus tells Peter that he is going to build his church on the foundation of the revelation that he has received. And that is the rock. Peter is not the rock. Peter is not the one on whom the church is built. And there's a major church that has built its foundation and its doctrine on this principle. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 says, Now this is so wonderful. If you think that I am preaching something to defend my faith, I'm sorry, I'm not defending my faith. I'm standing here to preach the truth. How can I preach the truth? If I'd let scripture interpret scripture, if I speak of my own words, then I am speaking to defend my own truth. And I thank Jesus what he did. He said this. He said, I do not speak of my own, but my doctrine is of my father. And that is the doctrine we have today. The doctrine of the foundation of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. Paul says this, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus. This is the foundation. If anyone wants to challenge you, if anyone wants to take you to court and say that you are wrong and this is not true, you go back to the word of God. Because if anyone wants to contend with the word of God, they are fighting a battle that they are losing. Psalm 127 and verse 1, another scripture. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. How many people have been building a house which the Lord has not built? How many churches are building a church that Jesus has not built? You can see it today. That is the biggest tragedy. But if they go to the word of God, you find every answer in the word of God. We can cry out today from your very heart, Oh Lord, I want to be part of the church that you are building. I want to be, the, be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, this is a serious matter. It is a matter of eternal consequence. If someone takes this very lightly and someone says, it is enough that I just believe on Jesus Christ, which is true, it is absolutely true, it is not by works, but people say, if it is enough if I believe on Jesus Christ that I will be saved, but they are not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, then they are being deceived. I've heard many people say, I believe in Jesus, but what do you believe in Jesus Christ? That is the question. What is it that you know about him? Because some have a part of Jesus, some others have another part of Jesus, but they do not have the whole Jesus that the Bible tells us this morning. John 17.3, as we read, it says, Jesus is saying it, and this is eternal life. This is eternal life. The reason why people run after Jesus is because of eternal life. We know we are going to die. And the reason why you are going to die is because of sin. The first thing that happens is when you go to Jesus, your sin is cleansed. We sang this morning, it is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you from all sin. And when you understand what the blood does, then you know that you have been saved. Then you know everything else will fall away. Your traditions will fall away. 
your upbringing is going to fall away, your church doctrine is going to fall away, what another person says is going to fall away because you're founded on the rock of Jesus Christ. So this is eternal life that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Now that is fundamental. You cannot alter that. You cannot change that. You cannot separate the Father from the Son. Jesus says this very clearly. There's no other way to know the Father. There's only one way you can know the Father, and that's through the Son. If you are trying to access the Father without the Son, you do not have both, and you are lost. You cannot claim to say that Jesus is a God. Jesus is not a God. He is the God. He is the eternal God. We sang this morning what is found in the book of Isaiah, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. That's his name and that's who he is. Every other title that you may see in the Bible where it says that he is the first begotten from the dead, it's a title that's been given to Jesus because he is the eternal God. He came at a time and a period as the word of God says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. It says that when the fullness of time had come, that God sent forth his son. There was a fullness of time. There's a divine time. There's an appointed time for Jesus when he came in flesh. But remember, when you begin to read through the entire Old Testament, you will find Jesus. And that's what Jesus pointed out too. If you want to find Jesus in the Old Testament, it's going to be the greatest treasure that you will find. And when you find that treasure, your New Testament comes alive. Your New Testament is the real Jesus Christ. While in the Old Testament, it's a shadow. But Jesus was the one who was right there, right from the beginning. He is the eternal God. He is the creator of all things. You can go to every scripture and pick out the word of God and it will point to Jesus Christ. But if it does not point to Jesus, then all that you are doing is you are just picking up some knowledge from the word of God. We can fill our minds with knowledge. We can fill ourselves with head knowledge. We can know... Genesis to Revelation, you can go to a Bible school and study theology and have all this wonderful doctrine and yet miss out on Jesus. And this, I believe today, what the Lord is saying to every era, who do you say that I am? It is a question that you must receive personally from the Lord himself. Second John verse 9 that I read before. I'm going to read that again. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he had both the Father and the Son. It is time that you stop deceiving yourself. It is called self-deception. You heard of deception that comes from Elsewhere, outside, but there's a deception that comes from your very own self. And that is called self-deception. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. And you can name yourself whatever you name yourself. But if Jesus has not made a claim upon your life, it is an eternal consequence. The only way to be a witness of the Father is to be a witness in the name of Jesus Christ. We go around witnessing to the Father whom we have never seen, who man has never seen, is making a big mistake. It's a tragedy. It is a deep tragedy. 
because there are a group of people that go around claiming to be witnesses to the Father and they name him. They, call, they are called Jehovah's Witnesses. I can call them out this morning. They do not know the Father, they do not know the Son, but they claim that they are the witnesses of the Father. That is a fallacy. It comes out from the very pits of hell. They use the very name of God the Father, but they do not know who the Son is because they have not received the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that is today, I will repeat again, it is what you must have. If you have not received the revelation of Jesus Christ, you will be running on a, on a similar track, but maybe with a different label, maybe with a different title, but you will never be found in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says this. I'm coming to this place. We've spoken about the Father and we have spoken about the Son. But we're going to speak now about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they make up the Godhead. They cannot be separated. One is not less than the other. You cannot diminish one from the other. All three are God, but they are one. If you look in the Bible, it says Elohim. The word Elohim is a plurality of God. It's Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And God has given us an understanding. I'm not here to explain the Trinity because great is the mystery of the Godhead, says the word of God. But you know that you are a three-part being. You have that understanding that you are a three-part being and yet you are one. From that understanding, we know that God is one. He is absolutely one. There are those who would say the Holy Spirit is just a force. He is not a force. He is a person. He is a person. Jesus declared him as a person. If you want to find out who he is, go and read in the word of God and find out who the Holy Spirit is. Because without him, you cannot know Jesus Christ. It is impossible to know, not, uh, to know Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. So if I'm going to claim that it's only the Father, it's not the Son or the Spirit, I have been deceived. And this is what 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3 says. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. It is only by the Holy Spirit. This is the doctrine of Christ. If you do not abide in the doctrine of Christ, you are in a place of fallacy. You are in a place of error and you are deceived. It is hard to hear these words this morning. It is hard for me to say these words this morning because on the day when you stand in judgment before God, it is going to fall. It is going to fail. And Jesus will say, I do not know who you are. Those are the most serious words that one will ever hear. It is a judgment that cannot be reversed. You cannot get bail on that day. There is no bail that is granted. There is no excuse that is granted on this day. Because today is the time. Today is the opportunity that we have. Jeremiah 29.13 Right from the Old Testament, God has been showing man who he is. He is. He's right here. He's present here this morning. He's present right with us. If we think that only the New Testament is a part of the Bible that I'm going to major my doctrine on, we will fail. Both books are really one. It's the covenant that has changed. You have an old covenant and you have a new covenant, but it is the same God. The author of this book is one. It is the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you shall seek me 
and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Have you done that? Have you sought the Lord with all your heart? Have you been to the place on your knees to seek him with all your heart? Or have you just been hearing from other people about Jesus? It is like the very days when Jesus walked on the streets of Jerusalem. Many people heard about Jesus from others, but they never heard about him from the Father. When you hear about him from the Father, then you know who he is. When John uh, records in, in, in his gospel the many events that have been taking place around the time of Jesus, we find the people that flocked around Jesus, especially the Jews, and they challenged Jesus. They challenged him with questions, wanting to find out who he is. Remember, they were very curious sort of people. They were holding on to their doctrines. They were holding on to their beliefs. They were holding on to their religions. But yet out of curiosity, they want to ask Jesus. But oftentimes you'd find that Jesus never revealed it to them. Jesus never revealed it to them. Because he knew exactly what was in their heart. But Jesus did not deny who he was. He did not deny that. In John chapter 8 and verse 58, when Jesus declares this, They've asked him, who are you? And he said, before Abraham was, he made the most profound statement. He used the word, I am. That word, I am, is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How do you know it is Jesus of Nazareth? Go right into the book of Exodus chapter 3. We'll go now right to that chapter. Exodus chapter 3, Jesus testifies that Moses wrote about him. Jesus declares that Moses and the prophets and the Psalms wrote about him. This is how you know that Jesus is referring to himself. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 3, we'll, we'll go from verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Moses has an encounter. The angel of the Lord that appeared in that bush was the Lord himself. This is called the theophany. 
if you look in the Old Testament, Jesus has appeared. He has made several appearances. There are many mysteries in the Old Testament. There's one mystery that a lot of people speak about, and that is Melchizedek. A man who has no father, he has no mother. He has no beginning of days, he has no end of days. And yet he received tithes, and he was the one who blessed Abraham. And Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. What a wonderful statement of saying that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he is the eternal God. He is the great I am who is speaking to Moses from that very same bush. The Father and the Son are one. They are identically one because Jesus is the express image of the Father. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The angel of the Lord that has been taken quite often by a group of people and said, he is just an angel of the Lord. He is just a creation. He was the first creation that God made. I'm sorry that they have been deceived. It is false. Jesus is not just the angel of the Lord. He appeared as the angel of the Lord. You will find many other places where he has appeared and you will know that this is Jesus Christ. How will you know that he is Jesus Christ? When you begin to seek him. When you read your word to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. If you seek him, you will find him. Because it's not that you will find him, he will reveal himself to you. That is how the scriptures begin to reveal themselves to you and unfold themselves to you. And in verse 14, this is what we read. In verse 14, from Exodus 3, verse 14. And God said unto Moses, also I'll read from verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. These words was the first time God has named himself when he says, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, I am, had sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This is my name forever. It is a name that cannot be changed. It is a name that is eternal. And this is my memorial unto all generations. So was it wrong when Jesus declared and said, Before Abraham was, I am? Is he not the eternal God? Is he the God that appeared in the bush? Is he the God that spoke to Moses from that bush? Could an angel say that I am the Lord? An angel cannot say that I am the Lord. But Jesus, he could appear as an angel. It was absolutely legal for him to appear as an angel. He had not yet come in flesh. He appeared unto the children of Israel. There was a time when he would appear in flesh. And all through the entire Old Testament, you will begin to see that Jesus had an appointed time. There was a divine time on the day when he would be born. It is not the 25th of December that a lot of people might think. I believe it is according to the word of God. It had to be a divine appointed day. It had to be a festival day, which is one of the Lord's feasts. 
when Emmanuel came to tabernacle with man, it means God with us. Jesus would do nothing outside the scripture. He is the word. He is the word of God. And he will fulfill the word of God. He said not one dot or one tittle will pass away until everything in this book has been fulfilled. Until the entire law has been fulfilled. So if you want to follow a religion, you can follow a religion and its tradition. But if you want to follow Jesus Christ of Nazareth, then you will fall out of that religion and fall into the arms of Jesus. This is how you begin to be a follower of him. Remember John the Revelator and what happened to him. He was on that Isle of Patmos for two reasons. For two reasons. He was there because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Because he preached the word of God and he had the testimony of Jesus, he was found in prison. Start doing this today and very soon you will find yourself in prison. There are many Christians today who are in prison because they preach the word of God and they have the testimony of Jesus and people will go against you. Churches will go against you. I can tell you your family will go against you. But remember, Jesus said that. He said that the very members of your household will become your very enemies. I want to read from the book of Judges chapter 13. And let's see who this angel is. Judges chapter 13, you might remember the story or the account written of Samson, Samson's father and mother. They meet an angel of the Lord and that angel speaks to them and this is the account of that word. Judges chapter 13 We'll read from verse 16 and the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou de detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. So Manoah's eyes are closed, he doesn't know. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? That when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honour. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret? There's a wonderful revelation in these words. If you go into the scripture and you search out the Hebrew word, you're going to do what Jeremiah says. If you seek me and seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And this is what happens when we, we read the word of God. Now the angel of the Lord says, his name is a secret. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock and the, unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass when the flame went up towards heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord 
And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. There is no way of trying to equate Jesus to just an angel. But he was that angel that appeared. How will we find that out? When you read that word, the angel said, seeing it is a secret, the word secret in Hebrew is pili. The word pili means something that is not known before. It means a supernatural disclosure. It means something that is unknown before. And that is the meaning of the word secret. So when it is translated into English, we get that word which is called secret. Do you want to know the secret? Do you want to find out the secret? It's a tremendous secret because you will find this answer in the very last book. It's called the book of Revelation. The word revelation is really an unfolding. It's a removing of that screen. It's seeing who Jesus Christ of Nazareth is. You begin to see him as this almighty God, this king of glory, the Lord who is the word from the beginning. And he is the one who is coming back to claim this world. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, reading from verse 11. I just want to let you know here, when you read this passage of scripture, you will find every title that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. You will begin to see him in all glory. You will begin to see him that he is the author and he is the finisher of your faith. And every single title here is his attribute and who he is. And John records this from verse 11. And I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness... He doth make, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. That is a secret name. He has a name that no man knew. And what we have read just now from the book of Judges, that is the same Lord. He appeared in the Old Testament, but here he is, who is the King of glory. He is the King of heaven. He is the Lamb of God who is seated on the throne. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is who Jesus Christ is. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Paul has recorded and he said in Philippians chapter 2, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in very existence God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself, he emptied himself, 
and he made himself of no reputation. And that's what Jesus did when he came as a man. The son of man. When he walked upon the earth, he was an absolute man. He was a man who did not deny that he was not God. But he was an absolute man. A man just like you and me. He came in flesh and blood so that he could die on a cross. That was the reason why. God could not be put on a cross but he lowered himself. He brought himself down by emptying himself of all these attributes. And that is why when they saw him, they could not recognize him. Because when he was in this world, it says the world did not know him. And yet he made this world. He is the beginning and the end. If you read the book of John, John chapter 1 that we often go to, it says there, and without him was nothing made that was made. There was no beginning without him. There was nothing made that was made. And Jesus declares himself in the book of Revelation, I am the first and I am the last. And if you go into the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, you find those very same words there, which God speaks, that he is the first. And he is the last. He is the Aleph and he is the Tav. He is the Aleph Bet. Meaning to say, there's nothing outside him. Everything is within him. And this is who Jesus Christ is. If you do not know him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, what is going to happen on this day of judgment? When Jesus comes, he is not coming back as one hanging on a cross. He is not coming back as someone who might think, as a mother carrying a child in her arm. He is not an infant. He is the eternal God. He is the everlasting Father. He comes back bearing the wrath of the Almighty God. He comes back to take vengeance on the enemies. He comes back to take vengeance on those who have disobeyed the gospel and those who do not know God. If you do not know Him, you have missed out on everything else. You can stop church memberships. You can stop going to the church that you go to if they do not preach the word of God. Because what will return on the day of judgment is the word of God. And he bears a sharp sword. It is a double-edged sword. That word which he used to speak and bring the world into existence is the same word that he will use to speak and everything will crumble. It will be destroyed at the very same word that was spoken. He is the word of God. I want to challenge people this morning, whether it is in this church or outside this church, wherever you might hear this, if you do not know Jesus Christ, if you do not know him as the great I am, it is the greatest tragedy. Everything that you are successful in life and all that you may be in this world is going to fall and crumble on the day of judgment. And this is the law that we wait for. We eagerly wait for him. It is only with humility that you and I can know him. If you humble yourself before the Lord, the word of God says, he will draw nigh to you. But if you are proud in your heart, he will look at you from afar off. Are you willing to be humble and ask the Lord and tell him that you truly do not know him? If you've never met him, if you've never received the revelation for him, are you willing to humble yourself on your knees? I promise you, that is the greatest day. Because when Jesus comes in, he will set the captive free. That is what happens. Jesus sets the captive free. Until that time, you will be held captive by your own thoughts. You will be held captive by your religion. You will be held captive by your denom denomination. And you will be held captive by Satan himself. 
he is the most religious person that I've ever known. May the Lord bless you this morning. So I want to ask you, if you've not known him, there is the opportunity. There's a song that we sing that says, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. If you're willing to sing that song unto the Lord and ask him into your life that he might reveal who he is, I pray that will be the greatest day of your life. Blessed be the name of the Lord.